Welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I'm speaking with Elliot Hobbs, and Elliot was diagnosed at the age of 17, and he'll actually be 19 by the time this podcast publishes. And Elliot loves ultimate Frisbee, playing instruments like the guitar, the bass, and drums, and he also loves film. So, Elliot, thank you so much for being with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I I want to talk with Elliot about what he remembers about his diagnosis experience. And so I'm just going to jump right in. Actually, I did. I had a question, which was, how old were you when you were diagnosed? But just to remind listeners, how old were you? I was 17 years old, almost 18. So it hasn't been too long since you've been diagnosed. No, it really hasn't. So, Elliot, do you remember what it was that that made you or made your mom, your parents want to take you in for an autism diagnosis? Um, so actually, my mom talked about this a little bit to me. She said mm-hmm. that she really didn't think that I had autism a few years ago, um, but she suspected it in one of my brothers, uh, mm-hmm. Miles. He's the second of four boys I'm the oldest Mm -hmm. and as she was learning about autism and going through the testing process she said a lot of um, specific things really stood out to her about me and my other brothers and she was curious so after two of my younger brothers were diagnosed I got tested and I was diagnosed not long after. How did you feel when they told you you are actually autistic? To be honest, I was not thrilled at first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I typically think of people with autism, it's usually people I've interacted with and it's usually prevalent on an external, in an external Mm -hmm. sense, instead of Mm -hmm. them telling me, I can usually tell like before they tell me. So I thought it was a little odd that I'd gone my entire life. Uh, People hadn't really talked to me about it. And just now is when we decided to test for it. And I thought there has to be something wrong with that. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I never viewed me as having autism. It's something that I wasn't super educated about at the time. And I really was not happy about it. Mm -hmm. So, That makes sense to me. I think sometimes it changes your view of yourself and that is an adjustment that you have to make. And then, like you said, just better understanding the full spectrum of autism and like what that means specifically for you, because you're right. There are many autistic individuals, especially like some of the kids that we go to school with and, you know, they have much higher support needs. And so, like you said, some of the kids, you can say, oh, okay, that's what autism looks like because you've seen a few kids at school that, you know, and you maybe don't understand that it can look different than what you realized. So I want to ask you, did knowing that you are autistic change any thoughts you have about yourself? Um, I would say It did a little bit at first. I thought that maybe I was completely different than what I thought I was. I, I, this is something I kind of notice a lot in people when I hear other stories. I think they call it, um, 
protagonist syndrome where you think the world is kind of revolving around you and in a sense like some of your thoughts you project onto the whole world so that I thought if the whole world kind of created this um diagnosis for me then maybe I really didn't see myself the way that I thought and so but then the more I thought about it the more I could recognize and my mom definitely helped me uh to recognize that pretty much a lot of what makes me me has to do with the autism diagnosis something that I was kind of surprised because as she talked to me more and more I started to kind of see that okay, this diagnosis really wasn't a mistake. There's some validity here. And mm-hmm. of course, it is a huge spectrum, which I knew it was a spectrum, but I wasn't really aware of how broad it truly was. Mm-hmm. There's different challenges and different strengths all over the place. For instance, I think one of the things I associated with autism a lot of the time was social aspects. Mm-hmm. I could usually tell from a social aspect that some of these people were different than I was and what I considered to be normal. And I'd say the social, social environments is somewhat been one of my strengths, but I've absolutely had other challenges that I can see that relate to autism in certain ways. So, uh, on also different strengths, I've always known that usually people with autism are very uh, dedicated and focused. And that's one of the things I definitely have where we'll be fixated on certain tasks. And I definitely noticed that mm-hmm. determination and dedication in uh, a lot of people with autism, and they'll usually be very passionate about certain things. And that's always kind of impressed me. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you're passionate about? Um, so I think, as you mentioned in the introduction, I'd say one of the biggest things is um, film and movies and TV shows. And but it's very, very different from what I think most people enjoy about those. I like spectacle a lot, as most people. But what I really look into are the characters and the storytelling, mm-hmm. um, but to an extreme degree, which okay. I've come to understand is not normal I will (laughs) kick apart movies limb from limb and spot every error in continuity if it breaks established characteristics of characters if some of the settings or plot does not make any sense I will discover it and usually tear the movie to pieces so it's harder for me to enjoy a lot of movies I know Marvel's really popular right now, but mm-hmm. these last few Marvel movies have upset a lot of people by expressing that I think they're terribly crafted, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And even my brother, who also has autism, uh, doesn't look at film the same way I do. And so we butt heads a lot of times about, are these movies good? Or do you just like it? And it's actually really bad and poorly written <laughs> which is something we we talk about all the time but well I think that's interesting maybe maybe you'll be a movie critic someday maybe <laughs> well, I I think that's really fascinating and you're right there are um so many autistic individuals really do have areas of deep interest almost to the point of like a I don't want to use the word obsession but but almost <laughs> 
I, I actually love that about my autistic kids. I love the things that they're passionate about and deeply interested in. So what are some of the things that you really like about yourself that you understand are connected to you being autistic? I think that kind of hyper-focus on Mm -hmm. certain areas really helps me with things that I like to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will, part of it is difficult because I also have ADHD. So when Mm -hmm. I like something, I will go into every single detail about it. I, uh, let me think of an example, I guess with basketball, there was a bit where I wanted to be good at basketball and I couldn't just practice shooting baskets. I had to watch tons of videos of NBA players and notice exactly where their fingers were and everything. So I will go for every exact detail, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately due to uh, ADHD, I will tend to get bored uh, of certain things and move on to a different one. It's rare for me to have an interest that's sustained, but what I do really like about what I now know to be a symptom of autism is that when I am interested in something, I'm all in. I will mm-hmm. fully commit to either learning or working with whatever that thing might be until, of course, I get bored of it and move on to the next big thing. <laughs> I, I actually think that's fascinating. I love that you like that about yourself, and I appreciate it, too. What are some specific things that you may have struggled with that are directly related to you being autistic? So I think, let's see, I've got, I've got a couple things. Sensory is one of the Mm. not bigger issues. It's just the first one I can think of right now. I know Mm -hmm. uh, up until about middle school, I just couldn't handle jeans for some reason. I thought that I liked the look of them. It's that they're just not comfortable. And I kind of had to learn to wear jeans which is something most people don't do Uh, I just would have been fine wearing athletic shorts my entire life Mm -hmm. but obviously for job interviews or for most adult things it's not acceptable to wear athletic shorts everywhere I go Uh, that's just one of the things I'd also say uh, clashing with people and I'd say when I talked earlier about the social aspects, it's definitely a positive for me. I'm not afraid to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to really enjoy it, but mm-hmm. that's not all of social. Social is just such a broad thing that I do struggle in other areas. And one of those areas is kind of putting people into boxes. I'm pretty judgmental. It's uh, something I really struggle with mm-hmm. uh, looking at details. I'll, notice details about people and I've noticed uh like I had a a teacher that I just really really liked and this is one of the first times I noticed this was an issue about me I just love this teacher and I think one day he I I can't remember I must have done something pretty simple like been tapping my pencil on the desk and he might have just kindly asked me to stop but I remember being super frustrated like you were supposed to be the nice teacher Um, and I thought this is a really nice teacher. Something's not okay with me now thinking, okay, he's a bad person because he told me to stop something and that kind of hurt my feelings. So Mm -hmm. just quick to judge for little things is something I've really gotten better at and not putting people into boxes. 
And sometimes that too can lead to clashing. Like I said with my brother earlier, it's we get into serious debates over movies and none of us want to give up our side. It's <laughs> just what we do. Mm-hmm. You see it. You see it the way you see it. And it's hard to step back from that. Absolutely. Being stuck is something my mom says a lot. And we need to, she wants us to try and not be stuck. I I Mm -hmm. can't remember the exact phrases she used, but being stuck is something she always brings up. Uh I love it. It's good to have that parent support. And you know what? I think what I'm impressed with is that you recognize this about yourself. You're able to like verbalize some of these struggles. And I think recognizing is the first step to realizing that these are things we can work on. So kudos to you. I want to ask you, Elliot, what what would you share with other individuals who are newly diagnosed as autistic? So as far as the uh, I'd say this is a kind of answer to the question as well as addressing the thing you said before this uh, mm-hmm. with recognizing the issues. That's been really hard for me. It's not something I've entirely done on my own. That's almost 90% been my mom. Mm-hmm. She's pointed out these issues for a long time. And for most of the time she's pointed them out, I haven't believed her yeah. that these were issues that I had. And she's really over the years helped me to see that these are things about me that I didn't believe or wasn't aware of. And so I could learn to maybe fix some things about me or embrace other things about me. So I'd say finding someone who's willing to be open to you about who you are and um, some things that make you autistic, I guess, is putting it bluntly, mm-hmm. those can be good or bad. And But someone who can be open and honest about you, kind of like my mom, especially for people struggling like I was, who really didn't like being labeled like that and was kind of nervous that the uh, social repercussions for that might bring about. And so mm. having that person in your life to help you see those things is, I would say, the biggest recommendation I have to people struggling with it. Um, It might be getting to know someone else with autism. That might be a good person, maybe a parent or a trusted friend, just Mm -hmm. someone who can be open about it and really help you. So find your support system. Absolutely. I I love that. You know, something you said just made me want to ask one more question. and, And that is, when you received your diagnosis, I know you said you were a little concerned that that might have social repercussions for you. Did you actually share your diagnosis with anyone? To be honest, I didn't really share it with anyone and I'm still not entirely comfortable sharing a lot about it. That's it's informative to me to know that I had that diagnosis, but mm-hmm. it's something that I haven't fully really thought about sharing with other people. And I've, told friends, you know, technically I I do have this diagnosis and I've taught them like a little bit about it. It's only really close friends, Mm -hmm. maybe two or three that I've told. It's not something I'm incredibly comfortable with. Mm -hmm. I know when my mom was on here a few weeks earlier, she asked if she could post it to Facebook and I was very, very against it Mm -hmm. at first. And then I finally allowed her to. 
as long as she didn't tag me in it. So it's Mm -hmm. something that I'm not too comfortable with at first. Maybe that will change in the future, but still as of now, it's... You know what, Elliot, hearing you say that and knowing that you feel that way, and yet you being willing to record this podcast with me, that really means a lot to me. Thank you for trusting me with you as you share this experience with others. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. I I love this. And I think it's important for other people to understand what, what these experiences can be like for for different people. I know it's not the same for everyone. I have, you know, my oldest daughter's very vocal about her autism and she has very much embraced it. But then I have a younger son who doesn't talk about it really at all. And and when I talk to him about it, he says, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't really matter. I don't care if I have it or not. And so he, and he really does feel that way. And so we don't talk as much about it with him. And I just think it's really great to be respectful of where each individual is in their, in their own journey um, and their own understanding of who they are and their, and their want or their not want to share that with other people. So is there anything that you think um, needs to be mentioned that I haven't addressed Elliot, I do have another question for you, and that is, I know that you have multiple siblings who have also received autism diagnosis, and I'm just wondering, what has that been like for you to grow up in a house with multiple siblings, and each of you has your very distinct, very specific needs? What has this been like as a sibling? Well, before... Either of my brothers even knew about the diagnosis. I'm thinking maybe eight to 10 years ago, pretty much as soon as we could talk to each other, we've always clashed pretty aggressively. And as I look back, I think a lot of that has to do with our different personalities and some of the similarities that we share Mm -hmm. uh, with hyper-focus and not wanting to back down. Of course, we've had good moments too, but I'd say compared to most sibling relationships, ours has unfortunately been probably more negative than most Mm -hmm. people. I'd say as we've grown up, it's our relationships have gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. We still don't like a lot of the same things, but Mm -hmm. we're more willing to talk about it. And there's not as much insulting each other instead of talking about it. Usually the insults come after we explain our positions. Um, (laughs) So that's a bit of an improvement, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just something we're working on. I, I hope that as I move out here pretty soon, I was called to uh, serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Texas McAllen mission. So I will be leaving for two years, and that's a time that I won't really be able to see them. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that even though through these next few years, as we kind of grow more distant in in proximity, uh, like in proximity, proximity, Mm -hmm. hopefully maybe our relationships can get stronger just the older we get. So Mm -hmm. that's my hope. And as we learn more about ourselves. Yeah, I think that self-reflection piece is so huge. And I think 
that it just takes time for each person to learn how to self-reflect and to better understand themselves and to better recognize the way that we show up as individuals. So I, I have hopes for you too, that it'll, that things will strengthen as that those relationships will strengthen over time. But I love, like I said earlier, recognizing it is the first step and you already do. And I think that's, that's pretty great. So that's really interesting too. And I appreciate you sharing that. It's just not always easy. And we don't always talk about the things that aren't easy. And so I appreciate that you're willing to talk about it. Elliot, I I just want to thank you so much for being willing to be on this podcast with me and for sharing your experience with those that are listening. So thank you for being here today. Absolutely. I'm glad to kind of share my insights with people that I think could really benefit from it. That's probably one of the only reasons that I felt... um, confident enough to join up with this, that there might be people out there that are similar to me that might in some way benefit from this. Well, I love your thoughts here. I love that you were willing to be here and just thanks again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. For those of you that are listening, you can also follow me on Instagram at navigating.the.spectrum. Catch you next week.